Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey folks, busy news week as usual. A new phase of the impeachment inquiry begins this week with the Judiciary Committee's first hearing on Wednesday. A federal judge temporarily paused her order for former White House counsel Don McGahn to appear before impeachment investigators and a highly anticipated report by Inspector General Michael Horowitz that looks into the origins of the FBI's Russia probe is due on December 9th. I talk about all this and more with Ann Milgram on the Cafe Insider podcast. Each week, we break down the news and take stock of what's happening. Today, we're making a clip from the most recent episode available in the Stay Tuned feed. To listen to our full conversation and to access all other Cafe Insider content, try the membership free for two weeks. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. So Pat Cipollone, if that's how you pronounce his name, I've seen various, no I've heard various ways of pronouncing his name. The White House counsel said they're not going to be participating, which is another interesting thing. Well, because they said they keep they're not participating for Wednesday. Wednesday. They haven't said yet about Friday. Let's dissect this for a minute. So what has he said about Wednesday? So he said about Wednesday, we're not given an adequate opportunity to prepare. We're not given enough people of our own to be brought forward to present a different point of view. Maybe there's some fairness in that argument, but I think it's the same as always. They're going to find something to complain about. My guess would be not just with respect to Wednesday, but going forward, that they will find some way to object to the proceedings completely and will absent themselves. I agree with you. I was thinking about this last night. So the letter came out, I think, last night or first thing this morning. When I was reading last night, I was thinking about this. And my overall takeaway before I knew about this letter for Wednesday was that they have to absent themselves. And it is a crass political move, but let's talk it through, which is that they're objecting to the legitimacy of this entire proceeding. If they are to engage, whether it's on Wednesday with these hearings on impeachment or Friday, the deadline on Friday is to give ideas for subpoenas and for witnesses. Um, If they do any of those things, they are legitimizing this inquiry. And so as a political matter, it feels to me like their play is going to be to do exactly what they did with Mueller, to say it's a witch hunt, it's a hoax, it's not legitimate. And to back that up, they're going to take the position that they're not going to play and get engaged. What's terrible about that, and we should just be really clear, is that this is a legitimate congressional investigation. It's a legitimate impeachment inquiry. They may not like it. The House, you know, is controlled by Democrats, but it is by all means, in my view, an illegitimate action. And so there's something so... It's not a coup? There's so something deeply cynical about them saying, no, we're not going to participate at all. And it's done, again, I think it's done for this political advantage, which 
but it isn't the right thing for the country, in my personal opinion. Here's how I think about it. People mount defenses. And when you're fighting for your political life or liberty, as we've seen in the jobs we used to have, you know, people will take aggressive positions. I have no problem with that, really. And, you know, Clinton attacked the process and, and attacked the special counsel, not anywhere near the way that this president has done it in, those, in the days before Twitter. But you do it, and I get it. A little bit, as a practitioner, what I object to is the stupidity of the arguments in some ways. Because they keep making an argument about a deficiency in the process that then gets corrected immediately, and then they, I think they look foolish. For example, they sent that letter, Pat Cipollone sent a letter to the Congress saying no one's going to cooperate, this is all terrible, and you need to have a vote in the House. And then official after official, many of whom still work in the government, came and testified. To me, what, what I think will be interesting to the public is not just sort of general participation on the part of the president and his allies, but whether or not the president himself will participate. Do you remember this There's tweet? There's no way he's going to participate. Well, let's, his tweet from a couple of weeks ago, Yeah, this is one of the nuttier tweets, <laughs> where he says, I want to read the whole thing, where he says- We should um, rank order the nuttiness maybe. of the he tweets. Says, uh, Speaker of the House, nervous Nancy Pelosi. By the way, she never seems nervous to me. N- never. Uh, who is petrified by her radical left, knowing she will soon be gone. I don't know how that's true. They and fake news media are her boss. Suggested on Sundays, there's a lot of separation between the subject and the predicate of this tweet. (laughs) Nervous Nancy Pelosi suggested on Sundays, deface the nation. Get it? The show is called Face the Nation. Mm -hmm. And he called it Deface the Nation, right? So clever. So he suggested on Deface the Nation that I testify about the phony impeachment witch hunt, which I don't think is how... She suggested it. She also said I could do it in writing. And then Trump says, even though I did nothing wrong and don't like giving credibility to this no-due process hoax, I like the idea and will, in order to get Congress focused again, strongly consider it, exclamation park. That is just a crock of... Agreed. He's never... He Yeah. I think... The, ch- the chances are, are they above zero? I don't think so. No, I, I would, zero. I would bet zero we'll on go with that. zero. <laughs> Agreed. So just to talk about the sort of politics of this and the defense of this, I mean, there's a couple of questions, which is one... Will the president mount any kind of defense? And it's changed so repeatedly that I think it's still unclear what that defense may be. But the second is who mounts it for him. And there's a way in which the White House may be deciding the president gets to have his cake or his turkey cake and eat it too (laughs) if he does the following thing, which is to say, I'm not showing up. I'm not going to legitimize this. I want the ability to campaign against this and basically say it's totally not legitimate, but I'm going to have the House Republicans and then the Senate Republicans mount my defense for me. And so they could work the back door and work through the elected officials. And I'm sure that they're constantly talking to, um, for example, Representative Collins and Nunes on the Intelligence Committee. So I'm sure that that dialogue is happening. So there may be a way in which they're trying to do sort of both things, to sort of keep the political argument while mounting a a defense through the members of Congress that are Republicans. A related interesting question is, will they submit their own rebuttal report. So presumably the Judiciary Committee will put out a report, have articles of impeachment. I think the minority will. Yeah, you just never know. I mean, usually it's the case when there's a majority report, even on, on matters of that are much more mundane than we're talking about here, there's a minority report. But will the White House put out something? In Clinton's time, uh, we're reminded that there was a 30-page report that was styled as a rebuttal yeah. to what the House impeachment inquiry put out. And I would normally say that you would expect that because they have arguments to make, even though they tend to make the stupider ones. But there are arguments to make, and there are arguments to make about you know precedent, and there are arguments to make about whether this rises to the level of impeachment. Absolutely. The problem is that the president wants to say everything was perfect and beautiful, and that is difficult for clear-eyed lawyers to put down in writing, although Pat Cipollone, who, by the way, I've heard from multiple people who I respect, has a great reputation, people I know who have just, you know decided to go work in that White House, 
based on the letters he has sent, I don't know why he's deserving of that respect any longer. I, I agree with you. I agree. He's written some of the least well-argued and sort of, I would argue, kind of the most absurd things I've seen come out of the White House counsel's office. And I can't even tell you how long. Right. I don't think I've ever read such letters that feel to me so political and without legal basis. Yeah. Part of the problem is the difficulty of the client. And then the client may be dictating portions of it or the tone of it. One data point on the That's question. That's true, but McGahn didn't yeah. do that. And so McGahn is, you know, he's conservative. And look, yeah. the president deserves their own counsel. And so, you know, a Republican president deserves a conservative counsel. There's no issue with that. The issue is making arguments that are not legitimate or not based in law, for example. For example. So one data point on the question of whether or not they'll put out a rebuttal report or what the nature of the defense will be is that they kept saying they were going to put out a rebuttal to the Mueller report, and then they didn't. And that, to me, is kind of telling. Because depending on what public sentiment is and how much they're able to sort of twist and characterize whatever it is that the Judiciary Committee or the Intelligence Committee puts out, or if they continue to maintain a hold on the 38 or 39% of people who think the president can do no wrong, then I'm not sure they need to put out something. And they could just engage in what the president has been doing, which is to pretend like he doesn't care, although that's hard to pretend at because he tweets about it all the time. Let's say the president doesn't do it, which I think is possible. It feels to me weird if the Intelligence Committee or the Judiciary Committee minority doesn't put out a report. So I'm sure they will. But I think the more interesting question is, what will the president's lawyers do? Because right. at, at the end of the day, the Judiciary Committee and the Intelligence Committee minority are an independent branch of government. And even though we know that they seem to think that they represent the president, they actually technically do not. So, you know, whatever their report is, and it can be defensive of the president, they don't represent the president. They represent the public Allegedly. that they serve, yes. that, they, that they have been elected to serve, not the president. So I think it'll be interesting to see what the president's lawyers put out. And, and it may be that the strategy for the president, he takes a little bit of a page from what Clinton did, you know, decent economy, strong economy, weaknesses, depending on what your perspective is. And certainly Democratic candidates have been talking about weaknesses in the economy, but lots of things are very, very strong about the economy. Uh, and he makes a surprise visit to Afghanistan, uh, visit the troops. I don't, I don't think those things are a coincidence. I agree. I agree. And we should talk about this strategy because there's been a fair amount written recently that he's taking a page out of the Clinton playbook, which was Bill Clinton went around the country and did a lot of work and was out there basically saying, you know, I'm out there being president of the United States and I'm, I have a strong economy. And that appears to be what Donald Trump is doing. And, you know, there was a good piece in the Washington Post by Phil Rucker that basically says exactly this. Then President Bill Clinton survived his 1998 impeachment in part because the economy was roaring and because he appeared to many voters to be relentlessly focused on doing the business of the American people. When Clinton left office in 2001, Gallup measured his job approval rating at 66%. Now, we should be clear, the president is not breaking 50%. And so, as Rucker points out, Clinton was popular in a way that Trump hasn't been and never will be. But still, there's a really strong argument in favor that the president's doing something really smart. I've even noticed for the first time, it looks like he's out a lot. And he's it's part of it's the political campaign, which is starting really now and has already started. But part of it's also, I think, this effort to appear like, look, let the House dilly-dally with these questions. I'm out doing what I need to do to get keep Americans in jobs. He's following that playbook to some extent, but then he's also betraying how angry and irritated and frustrated and sometimes worried he is by tweeting about it constantly in a juvenile sort of way. And maybe he's decided that's the thing that keeps his base going and, and helps fundraising or something else. I don't know. I mean, I wonder sometimes. Clinton always was trying to figure out ways to communicate directly with the public. Had there been Twitter back in 1998 
Do you think William Jefferson Clinton would have been using it? Definitely. Yeah, but in this way? I don't know if he would have used it on impeachment, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, remember Clinton was one of the first presidents to go on late night TV, and you're right to try to appeal directly to the people. Arsenio Hall. Arsenio Hall. Weird. The saxophone, right? We've uh, dated ourselves. Okay, Boomer. Yeah. One of my kids said, okay, Boomer, the other day. <gasps> Shocking. Yeah. We, put up, we, we put them up for adoption. <laughs> we are, to be clear, Just kidding. we're Gen X. <laughs> right, we're squarely yes. Gen X, yes. okay? So um, knock it off. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a great question. The question David Axelrod, who is on CNN with us and does a lot, on, he's got a great podcast, The Axe Files. The question he's raised about, and he's a he was Barack Obama's, I think he was his campaign manager or political director. The thing Axelrod has raised, which I think is a great question, is, can the president sustain it and can he stay disciplined? Because No. Yeah. I mean that's the obvious that's the obvious yeah. instinct we all have. So let's move on to a couple of the things that I think people are beginning to analyze a bit more carefully, unpack some of the testimony that happened in rapid succession. And some of it I think is important. I hope you've enjoyed this sample of the Cafe Insider podcast. To listen to the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership free for two weeks. To the many of you who have chosen to join the insider community, thank you for supporting our work. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.